coming up on this episode of Belief Hole. One evening I was walking out and saw the shape of a little girl with deep red eyes in the room as I was closing the door. I was scared but thought it must have been my imagination. Up until one night while we were watching TV in the living room and my older sister screamed and ran out of the room saying she saw the shape of a little girl with red eyes in the closet. Obviously I was terrified and that's when I knew there was something in my house. Okay, so this view is outside the window of this plane. Looks like a squid. looks like antenna. Like there's something in the clouds and it's long black antenna with nubs on the end. Antenna go, is that what like in an octopus, is that what those things are? Tentacles? No, those are tentacles. Well, those are tentacles. They could be. They're air tentacles. It's subjective. Antenna on top. Antenna on top. Yeah, they're like, yeah, like a snail has. You know what tentacles are. I know, but those are tentacles (laughs) then. I'm saying there's something in the clouds and the antenna are peeking out, but the giant creature is still in the cloud. Very bizarre. Uh, we got a Skywell bogey at 10 o'clock, Jim. My grandmother handed my father a crowbar and climbed down into the ground. Something came over her. She yelled down to my father, do not open that. He climbed back out and they buried it back. Weird. That's creepy, man. It is creepy. That sounds like a little coffin. Gives me the screeps. One evening, my dad, his friends, and a couple more servants were sitting with the holy man, and all of a sudden, they get splashed with blood. But the thing was, nobody had actually thrown the blood. Apparently, it had materialized out of thin air. It's interesting to get that cultural difference. Yeah. But you still have these kind of entity attacks, and the distinct connection of the blood materializing. Right. Different execution of the magic. The documentary examines the real-life internet phenomena of parents hiring a creepy clown to scare their children straight, which is a very kind intense. of a traumatic concept. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, he's a bad person. Yeah, talk about trauma. What the hell is the point of that? I mean, do you scare him and go, make sure you clean your room? Sasquatch, homunculus, alien races, Satanism in Hollywood, MK Ultra, Tartaria. There's like a whole. I've been watching this one guy. That, Close the door, injury. Close your door. What's the uh, inner Earth disagreements? Ghost Dad. <laughs> I like that movie. Dogman, Bohemian Grove, Corey Feldman, Magicians are demons, Specters, Spirits, Sleep Paralysis, Strange Disappearances, Sky Whale Phenomena, yes. Alternative History, Shadow People. Shh, quiet, I'm trying to say words with the mouth. It's getting dicey out there. Poltergeists. That's cool. Anunnaki. What is the moon? <laughs> Elf Towers. I would never talk about it. That's old. Y2K. Cover ups. Apocalyptic catastrophe. Vampire. Well, hello, hello. Welcome. What up? <laughs> Welcome into the hole, guys. It's going to be a little Halloween in June today. I'm excited. Halloween. Halloween. It is a little bit, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Isn't there like, there's like a Christmas in July. Is there a Halloween in... You know, that's a good question. Isn't it usually like the halfway point? What's halfway between uh, October and the year? <laughs> Who cares? Yeah, who cares? I won't Google it. You guys can Google <laughs> out there if you care. It's kind of nice to get back into the little creepy because we've been kind of doing like aliens for a while. Yeah, you know, we it's, it's a cycle, John, because we've definitely been doing a lot of like UFO, alien stuff. So what are we doing this time, guys? Well, today we have another Listener Stories episode, right, guys? Mm-hmm. 
After much fanfare from the last one, we're doing part two. Do we have much fanfare? Oh, plenty. Oh, good. Kazoos and... Yeah, it sounds like a... People were sending confetti in the mail. Yeah. great. I do think we should call it something eventually. Like, you know, brand the listener stories episodes, like Night Call or Midnight Voices or something. I don't know. Maybe that's too much. Yeah. You could call it listener Screepies. Remember that? <laughs> what is that? Who is, oh, I wish I could give him credit. One Screeps? Of our li- give me the Screeps. Yeah, I think our- that was... Uh, Heidi. Yeah. It oh, was Heidi. Oh, that's right. In that, in that like, dog man in the guys, woods or whatever. She says, giving me the Screeps. That's yeah. a good one. It's like scary and creepy, right? Yeah. You know, our listeners have good senses of humor. I would agree. It's one thing that I've come to find. You guys have great sense of humor out there. All the emails we get and some of mentions. You. Some of you. You know you know the one who doesn't. <laughs> you know the one. You know you out there. Anyway, yeah, we got good stories coming up. We've got obviously haunted house stories. Uh-huh. Uh, we've got some black magic stories that oh, take yeah. place in India. Mm-hmm. That's going to be cool. That was fascinating and creepy and disturbing. Yeah, we had a lot of people send in stories since the last Listener Stories episode, and we're going to get to do about half of those entries, I think, Yeah. Um, on this episode. We got a lot of entries, so we're going to be tabling some of these for our next Listener Stories. So if you, if you guys don't hear them today, you will hear them at some point when we get to them, but we're catching up on a lot of these great submissions here. Well, should we begin? I think so. Let's tell a tale. I'm ready. So the first story comes from Alex. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's not start yet. Let's talk more. Okay, I have an idea. There is something <laughs> I can bring up. This is uh, an article See, I came I told across. you there was something coming. I could feel it. It wasn't quite ready. <laughs> right, I felt like we were just kind of like... Yeah, it was too much. Let's just too quick, in. too yeah. quick. The pool's not quite warm yet. Right. Let's dip our toe. It's tepid. Chris, this is going to relate because you wanted... Okay, so Chris set me up with a task that I had some difficulty with, which was to... He had heard a story about a clown oh, yeah. type situation where it wasn't a clown. It was an alien creature of sorts potentially imitating a clown to make a child comfortable. It. Which sounds just like it, because that's pretty much it. It is what it is, mm-hmm. right? Pennywise. The dancing clown. Supposedly there there is an account, you said you heard that somewhere a long time ago. Like, mm-hmm. I couldn't find that, but it did It did take me to, um, I should say the reason why we're looking at this is because a couple of the stories that people wrote in about uh, involved more of an extreme sort of cryptid. So for the expansion, we're going to be doing extreme cryptids. Yes. Very strange, bizarre, out there creatures. Siren Head? Yeah, even though Siren Head, it's all the rage right now, yeah, as you were saying. It's not really real. That's the thing. It's not. Kind of a Slender Man type situation, creepypasta-esque, created by uh, this illustrator and involved in video games. Uh, it was actually in Fallout 4. Anyways, we'll get creepy. into the expansion because it is, it is creepy and it, it can take it in, into the direction of the tulpa which is a, basically a thought form oh, right, right. manifesting into reality because so many people are focused on the idea, which people have argued Slender Man kind of fits in that mold. Yeah, I and mean, once you see the, the image of this thing, you're like, oh, that's what it is? How could it be real? Hey, you never know. It like could a be a monster mixed with a man-made siren like the Sometimes is, you know? people make things and then they become real. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Well, in the th- oh, I mean, I'm not arguing that. <laughs> but <laughs> Life imitates art? Yep. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, the, essentially it's this like emaciated giant uh, humanoid creature with two siren megaphones sticking out of his head in each oh, direction. Oh, that sounds real. And each siren has <laughs> exactly. a mouth. Oh, you've seen a picture of it, John? Here, uh-uh. I'll show you. Because there's cooler ones coming up in the expansion. Here he and is. more real, real ones. ones. yeah. Oh, that's creepy. And there's actually some pretty creepy footage. But of course, it's not real. But then of course, there's the argument that like there are things in nature that imitate man-made objects. Oh, yeah. Like sounds or mm-hmm. so maybe this entity has taken... You know, the siren summons you, it's a warning, it's a call, and then it can consume you. It's funny, like, what, what like, natural 
<laughs> natural thing would like create that in It'd nature. It have to be like, you know, the old idea it's of... It's like a megaphone coming out of his head on both sides. Yeah. yeah. It'd have to be like the old idea of like a nuclear blast and, you know, mutants. So yeah, the expansion is going to be interesting. We have a lot of great stories coming up in this regular episode here, but in the expansion, we're going to be doing, yeah, like you said, bizarre, fantastical beasts. The more bizarre cryptids and creatures you may not have heard, and some of it gets into the, uh, we had a Jeremy wrote into the show about the, the white thang. Oh, from Alabama. Mm-hmm. So we're going to touch on that a little bit. And uh, we're also going to talk about, oh, it's the, uh, there's a there's a, a tome, a manifest, if you will, of these early stories of encounters with these really strange creatures in the the Lumberwoods, as it's called. Right, when the time when we were kind of lumberjacking. Starting to knock down forests and start farming. Yeah. The book, the tome that I'm talking about is called the, uh, it's called like Mysterious Creatures of the Lumberwoods mm. or something like that. I have it in the notes. But anyways, the point is we'll get into that and it's got a lot of just really it's crazy. Like 18 something? Yeah, and it's kind of this blend of like folklore and the author. Uh, on Wikipedia, it was referred to as a fantasy field guide of creatures, but... In reality, it's more fits in with folklore based on real supposed encounters with, because the people in the book, I did some corroborating research. And yeah, you found, dug deep. I dug deep on some of the stories and at least the names of people talking about these, like these lumberjacks that live there, the, the director of forest and wildlife in California, uh, his name's in there as telling the story about this, you know, bizarre crocodile-like creature with fur that had a spike right. that impaled its victims and propeller blades on its tail because it had no fins. Just weird, weird, crazy stuff. We're going to get into that. Um, but they're, they're real people, right? They're real people. And the idea is that this that lumberjacks would tell these stories, right? Like around the campfire, like the snipe hunting we did at camp. Remember that? Snipe hunting? Yeah. No. It was like basically you'd take the kids out to go snipe hunting and it's this weird, bizarre bird that uh, you can never find because it doesn't exist. But you take them on this kind of wild goose chase. Hmm. But it's this idea of like, you know, there's this... this uh, tradition of tricking the young the greenhorns that are coming in and lumberjacking and so you build up you build up this like mythology about something and then it kind of becomes this folklore but at the same time the guy does reference in it that you can hear him teetering in in the preface about how much of this is real a lot of it is based on fact and he's leaning in the in believing interesting but on the wikipedia it's just referred to as a fantasy field guide well i love the illustrations yeah no it's it's interesting so we'll get to that in yeah in the expansion but um Anyway, I didn't even get to jump into the clown thing I was going to talk about. I know, John you wanted, wanted to hear Siren Head. I didn't need to go that far. It's the problem. You get me started and I'm just mouth rolling. Did you want to talk about the clown? I yes, the real life clown, is. scarier than Joker that terrorizes American kids. Yikes. So this comes from the Daily Beast. But you've pro- you might have heard of this. I'm sure you've seen the video, John. I'm interested in it. It looks creepy. We'll do this and then jump into the show, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so this is Wrinkles the Clown. Uh, Apparently a documentary came out about him. Uh, It's crazy. The documentary examines the real-life internet phenomena of parents hiring a creepy clown to scare their children straight, which is really kind of a traumatic concept. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Look at his face. What were these kids doing? Not making their bed? (laughs) Yeah, I'll I'll read the beginning paragraph here to this article. We'll link it in the show notes. Is your child misbehaving? Well, if you're a demented mother and father interested in traumatizing your little one for years to come, you can follow in the footsteps of a shocking number of other American parents and dial 407-734-0254. That's the phone number for Wrinkles the Clown. A Naples, Florida creep who, for a small... that's a little harsh. He might be a nice guy. For a small cash fee, will lurk around your kid until they get the message and straighten themselves out. So, John, you may, I don't know if you've seen this video, but this is one of the video that went viral, I think, for him. This is what 
allegedly inspired. Remember those mass clown sightings where they would see just clowns walking around small towns yeah, and calling that. the police? Mm-hmm. This allegedly is what inspired it, which I didn't know. Um, is that his real face? No. <laughs> I mean, it's no, it's a mask. <laughs> I mean, is that the real? I mean, is that the real clown yeah, face? Yeah, yeah, that's him. That's really him. Yeah. That scares the children. Okay, well, he's a bad person. So too. wrinkles. So wrinkles. <laughs> we'll put this video in the show notes. Uh, but I just want to get your reaction here, John. Yeah, talk about trauma, dear lord. This guy's face is. Uh, I mean, it looks like he has these pitted black, soulless eyes that melt into this wrinkled scary, white complexion. Scary clown yeah. face. Do this to your kids if they're misbehaving. It's a great idea. I wonder how much he charges. Okay, this is the video. This is a video clip here. He was asked to come into this child's room. Oh my God, room. it's so wrong. So this this kid's sleeping in, in a bed where you have like the large drawer underneath the bed. And, and it's like a night vision shot from a bird's eye view kind of. The drawer of is slowly opening. Underneath the bed. Yeah, and as it's opening, you can start to see Wrinkles pulling himself out of the drawer. In full pajama regalia. How old is this child? Like five? She looks like anywhere from five to eight maybe. She gets up now. She's getting sitting up oh, and she's, looking around. She can't see anything. It's dark, but you can see him very this well. This is with cruel, dude. Oh yeah, they should be literally. It's kind of child abuse in a way. Yes, it is completely child abuse, and I still don't understand why they're doing this. But okay, clown is looking at her. Yeah, what is she doing wrong right now? Maybe did she do something? Yeah, earlier how is this going to fix her behavior? It's not like she isn't going to bed. Unless this is a setup to video. The one thing about this video is, well, you'll see, John. She's <laughs> so creepy, dude. She doesn't wake up. So this video isn't she even She wakes like a, up, but she never seems to see him completely. He's leaning over. Oh, he's a teddy bear or something on her bed and then walks, walks oh, out. But I guess it's an example of what you could do to scare your kid. What the hell is the point of that? I don't understand at all. Why? I wonder if people actually hire him. This, according to this article, they do. A large number. It reminds me of that story of this. I mean, maybe like your 16-year-old. I mean, you old. scare him and go, make sure you clean your room. <laughs> right. oh, remember, this is why you don't teach lessons. Remember that from Arrested oh, Development yeah. where you'd hire that guy to like get into a, a horrific accident like because he was already like armless yeah. or something? You guys know what I'm talking about out there. I do, but Arrested Development. you'd have to see the show. That's weird, though. I don't understand that. I mean, there's just some bad parents out there, I would think. No judgment. I mean, because, yeah, judgment. Yeah, I mean, I can I mean, see potentially if your if your kid is like no. sixteen or seventeen, maybe, and it, if it wasn't like they're in their well, room, that's a different that's a age different. too. That's why. That's why I said, yeah, it. a little child. There's definitely some trauma there. Oh, for sure. Know? Then again, I mean, back in the day, you would always tell your kids really creepy ghost stories or stories to keep them in bed, like watch out for the boogeyman; it'll eat your skin off. You know, like that's arguably pretty nasty too, especially like today's standards with like scaring your kids and protecting right. your kids and keeping them safe. But I, I do grant you for sure, this is a very, would be a very traumatic thing. You know, yeah. I, I think we, you know, we have this friend who is absolutely horrified of clowns to this day, an adult man. Who's Pat, that? <laughs> I'll give you one hint. Okay. Don't out him on the show. Pat, our good friend, Pat. <laughs> Don't <laughs> wow, out him on the really, show. That's funny. He probably won't listen anyway. What I'm saying is we should hire wrinkles <laughs> to scare Pat straight. Yes. What, the, the clowns are... What are you trying to scare him so he's not scared of clowns anymore? He needs to catch oh, up on episodes. What is that, confrontation therapy? Where you're exposed yeah. to something? Exposure <laughs> oh, therapy? That'd be so funny to like videotape it and then like see Pat run out of the room <laughs> and scream. Oh my God, that'd be so mean. I mean, I would be terrified of this. I think that's weird. That reminds me, I had a girlfriend. I totally forgot about this. It's the exact scenario. She was terrified of clowns growing up. And to scare her straight or to get her to get over her, you know, irrational fear of clowns, which is apparently is a thing. I forget the name for it. Her parents uh, put her in a bedroom. And then when she woke up, it was filled with clowns. Oh my God. Clown figurines just to, you know, try to break her of it. I don't think so. I think she's still terrified. (laughs) 
but <laughs> the irrational fear of Wikipedia says uh, it's the irrational, quote unquote, fear of clowns known as colrophobia, mm. a neologism coined in the context of informal phobia lists. I hate neologism. It is interesting they say, because if you tell a person who's terrified of clowns, they're going to say irrational. Right. Well, what do like you mean irrational? Irrational. Clowns are terrifying. As in like it can't, right, things right. that can't really hurt you. Unless but, your scarf or whatever, Wiggles or whatever his name is. Wrinkles. <laughs> Wiggles the clown. He just like the scar does wiggles. his little dance. Wiggles is scarier. Scar Wiggles. That can mean scar a lot of Wiggles. Things. Ew. Wiggles. Yeah, that's even scarier. I make your scars wiggle. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> <laughs> well, should we get into the real yeah, stories? Yeah, let's get into some real stories here. Uh, in the expansion, we might talk a little more about clowns, but we got a, we got a lot to get into here, so let's get let's get rolling. Well, who's our first uh, victim, if you will? Our first guest storyteller. Our first story comes from Alex. El Paso, right? Yeah, story takes place in El Paso. Let us begin. Growing up, I lived in a house in El Paso, Texas. The house was built by my great-grandfather. When my grandparents lived there, my grandmother was murdered by her husband. Oh my gosh. Yeah. She was run over and then died in the house. That's a awful. Murder by running him over? Mm-hmm. Damn. I didn't expect our first story to have this terrible tragedy right at the beginning. Yes. Now for the experiences. The first one was pretty innocent. I used to sleep in the living room, and every once in a while, I'd see a woman in a white nightgown walking down the hallways. She never seemed to notice me or anyone else. Later, while they were renovating the main bathroom, we had to use the master bathroom. One evening, I was walking out and saw the shape of a little girl with deep red eyes in the room as I was closing the door. I was scared but thought it must have been my imagination. Up until one night, while we were watching TV in the living room, and my older sister screamed and ran out of the room saying she saw the shape of a little girl with red eyes in the closet. Obviously, I was terrified, and that's when I knew there was something in my house. That's creepy right there. And the fact that he had seen it, and then his sister saw the same thing, little girl, red eyes. Ugh, that's such a weird, th- red eyes. Yeah. Well, that makes it seem to me like this is obviously not a little girl. This is something else taking its form, mm-hmm. taking the form of a little girl. And he continues. This last one is actually the only time I was ever physically hurt by an entity. I would see shadow people in doorways of that house every night growing up. One night, I looked down the hallway and saw one standing there, staring back at me. He seemed agitated that I saw him, and he started walking towards me. I got up to go turn on the light, and then in the reflection of the mirror by the light switch, I could see him right behind me. He reached out, and as soon as I saw him touch my back, I felt a freezing sensation through my clothes. I couldn't move. It felt like the physical sensation of terror. After what felt like minutes, but was probably 30 to 45 seconds, I forced myself to turn on the light. It was gone. The next day, I woke up in pain, and I discovered a large bruise on my back. Thank you, and keep doing what you're doing. Hope you guys get a chance to read this on the show. Well, thank you, Alex. Yeah, thank you. And we did. It's a good way to start. Yeah, I found it interesting The uh, where he, he said, he reached out and as soon as I saw him touch my back, I felt a freezing sensation through my clothes. Just reminds me of that when the room drops, it gets cold and the idea that it could be an entity that's trying to manifest. Because a lot of times you get oh, yeah. that cold drop in the room 
And then that's when you see something or feel something. It's oh, right. almost like it was trying to take his energy in order to manifest, especially the bruising. That's creepy that well, he had it would a make bruise sense. from it. If it wants to interact physically, it's got to take energy. So then you, that makes the coldness make sense. The coldness arises and then all of a sudden it has a physical reaction. It was drawing that power. Right. But then the fact that it created a bruise on his yeah. body. Well, that's, that's creepy. Well, it could just be a cold ghost and it touched him. Right. But the bruise cold is like... They, well, the touching caused the bruise. <laughs> yeah, I got that part. But like, <laughs> I just, it's creepy the idea that like this thing could be like, how, what if it continued to touch and touch deeper? Like, what if it, I mean, if it could have that physical Organ impact? failure. Yeah, right. Heart attack, right? You hear, yeah. hear that all the time. All the time people die from ghost heart attacks. <laughs> ghost heart attacks. <laughs> Sorry, your husband died of a ghost heart attack. Wish <laughs> <laughs> there was evidence. Uh, and yeah, Alex's point of view on this whole experience was that, you know, he doesn't believe necessarily in God or the devil. He, but he does believe that people have souls, but they disintegrate like everything else on the earth. But what he thinks these things are, are basically interdimensional entities that feed on, it's kind of what we've talked about, you know, a lot on the show, entities that are feeding off of um, darkness mm -hmm. and fear. And that's, again, unfortunately, a lot of these stories coming up have that sort of cycle. We talk about it all the time, the idea that like there are things just outside of our, our spectrum of reality. It kind of, I mean, it kind of is associated with the David Icke holographic field of reptilian lizard people that feeds off adrenochrome, right, right. And, you know, which, I mean, that's just his take on it, but that's just a theme in general of the boogeyman and the yeah. things being outside of our view slightly that I mean, feeds I think, off this energy. I think the universe is so strange and expansive. I think that there's a, a big diverse mix of interdimensional entities that aren't necessarily alive or dead. I do think that there's also plenty of phenomenon to point to after death mm -hmm. entities, whether it's ghosts or demons. Uh, absolutely, there are dark spirits. Where they come from, uh, I think it's still up for debate, but what's well, beyond the universe? That's other dimensional. Right. Well, I mean, reality in general. Yeah. Anyways. Thank you, Alex. Yeah, that's a pretty spooky one to start the day off with, I think. I'll read the next one. Cool. This one is called It's Always Watching by Michaela. Michaela. Growing up, probably from three years old to eight or nine years old, I constantly felt someone watching me. It didn't end until one day when I finally told my mom and she realized I wasn't just playing anymore. She prayed over me. I saw a flash of light and haven't felt it since. But it was awful and constant. I still remember the feeling. It would be in public, in my house, in my bedroom. I used to put up blankets around my bed in a fort to make myself feel safe so I could sleep. And it got so bad at one point, I would shower in a bathing suit. Wow. I still don't have any idea what it was or why it was watching me. According to my religion, it would be considered a familiar spirit or a demon. But why would that sort of thing attach itself to a little girl? Today I'm working on becoming a pastor, so maybe it would have stifled my future if it never got addressed. I don't know, but I'm glad that it's over. Thanks so much for reading, and my hubby and I love your podcast, Heart Shape. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Michaela. Is that how you say it? Mm -hmm. Well, we appreciate you listening, and thanks for submitting that story. Uh, I might have an idea of why it would attach itself to a little girl. Why is that? Because it feeds off innocent energy. Ah, they said it's definitely a, a constant theme. Yeah. It likes that, you know, innocent. The pure fear. Yeah, it seems like that's definitely with these darker spirits. And it's, I mean, also little kids are like, they haven't been 
um, deflowered by the world. Right. <laughs> that's, that's pretty interesting. Way I was trying to think sort of like a better way to um, say that. They haven't been like jaded or yeah, you exposed. know where you you stop believing in magic and those things are possible. Right. Your it's like your pineal gland or third eye is open more. Yeah, yeah. and there, there's definitely a truth to that idea of you know if you don't believe in something, it's more difficult for something to appear if you really don't believe. Because especially right. if you... Well, especially if they're feeding off of fear. Right, exactly. Because you're, you're open to believing yeah, it. Then, like yeah. it. Right. If you're someone who's just completely denial, you know, I mean, obviously there's examples where, you know, someone who's a complete skeptic has a terrifying experience. But I, I bet it's harder for that ghost to get that yeah, energy. Yeah, it's harder to manifest that cold energy. Just watch Beetlejuice, the documentary bruises. Beetlejuice, the Michael Keaton. <laughs> Yeah, that's one thing that, you know, in fiction you see this a lot too. Obviously, Stephen King, a lot of his stories revolve around the idea of the innocence of the child and that entities like this are searching for that to feed off of. And yeah. Because that is like the purest form of um, potential fear and also belief because you need the belief in order to be afraid. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's fascinating. But I think that that in, in fiction is a reflection of just the history of lore and demons and witches, familiar spirits, ghostlies, beasties. Don't say those words. You know, beasties is an old word. It was. It's in this uh, manuscript that I'm going to be reading in the expansion about the lumberwoods, the fearsome creatures of the lumberwoods. The beasties was used in it. So I guess this oh. is just an old. I always thought it was like a Joss Whedon, Buffy the Vampire Slayer term. I know I don't like when people say which it is now, a good but show, but that always kind of annoyed me. It's a ghosty. It's a baddie. It's a baddie and a goodie. <laughs> mm. Anyway, uh, moving along. Jeremy, you should read the next one. I will. Oh, this is going to be the tough one because there's words not in my my American mouth. It doesn't know how to say them. <laughs> My American mouth sounds like a movie. Okay, this is a fascinating one. This is, um, we tentatively titled Black Magic in India. And this comes from Suki. I remember this guy, yeah. Hey, what's up, Sukhvir? All right, here we go. Hey, guys, Sukhvir here. Feel free to call me Suki. Some background. My parents come from the Punjab region of India. I was born in Seattle and grew up in southeast Michigan. The first account is from where my dad was a young lad. He used to live in a decently sized village. He must have been around the age of eight or 10 when this happened to him. It was the early 60s. People in rural Punjab tend to be very superstitious and it was no different back then. In an act of black magic ritual, people used to leave clay pots full of certain items, herbs or oils in the middle of the road. This was at the instruction of local witch doctors and often done to try to achieve something like like success in marriage or becoming wealthy, etc. What my dad used to do was that he would go around kicking these things over. <laughs> wow, that sounds like waiting for karma to happen. Little rapscallion. He'd go around kicking these things over, scattering the contents of these pots in the road. Sounds like something we do as kids. One night he goes home and goes to sleep. A few hours into the night, he gets kicked in the back, flies out of bed and lands on the floor. At first he thought somebody was there. But when he looked around, there was nobody to be seen. In the morning, he saw that there was a huge bruise where something had kicked him. His family took him to see the local holy man who gave him a mantra and a blessing. And afterwards, my dad wasn't bothered by the entity ever again, or the effects of the entity slowly subsided, one or the other. When my dad was a little bit older, probably late teens or early 20s, my dad was at a place called a Deira, this is usually where a holy man resides and is used as a place for congregation for religious purposes. Although these days, the word Deira has a negative connotation. My dad was at the Deira with a couple of friends doing various services for the congregation, cooking food, cleaning, etc. One evening, my dad, his friends, and a couple more servants at the Deira were sitting with the holy man. In Sikhism, holy men are referred to as sants. The singular sant 
like a saint, I suppose. So they're all sitting around, and all of a sudden they get splashed with blood. My dad said it was as if someone scooped up some blood with their hand and just threw it on them. But the thing was, nobody had actually thrown the blood, and apparently it had materialized out of thin air. My dad says that it had to have been some strong black magic for the blood to have even gotten to them in the presence of a saint, who are usually spiritually developed and therefore black magic takes little to no effect in their presence. Some sort of spiritual aura, perhaps? I don't know how the materializing blood works or what effect it's supposed to have, but I guess it happens to a lot of people. The saint told my dad, his friends, and other servants to go get cleaned up and that everything will be all right and to not worry. How do you not worry after that? Yeah. <laughs> Everything's fine here, just a little blood. <laughs> go clean the blood. Astral blood. Appearing out of nowhere. That night, one of the servants that was staying there ran off. It turns out that the black magic attack had targeted him. He had been a victim of black magic before and had come to the Deira to get better. After he ran off, he was found dead a few years later. Days. Oh, it's a little less <laughs> a long while. <laughs> a few years later, he was found that dead. That can happen in a few years. Uh, okay, a few days later, he was found dead. That's sad. Yeah, it's a little telling right there. Well, anyway, that's my experience with the paranormal. Once again, I'm grateful for the content that you guys put out. Please keep up the great work. Thank you, Suki. Yeah. What an interesting, uh, More to come, story. he says. More to come. Oh, yeah, he has more stories, right? Listen. Yeah, I figured we'd save him for the next episode, the next listener stories oh, there's episode. An, oh, okay. But yeah, he's got more stories coming. It's just interesting to get that cultural difference. Yeah. You know, like, just imagine, like, the kind of different motifs you get and the different kind of spiritual leaders in different areas, mm -hmm. but that you ha still have these kind of entity attacks yeah. and, and the, the distinct connection of the black magic and the blood materializing that's more of a common thing right. in and that the, area. The, you know, the black magic, um, and this is in Punjab, India, you know, different culture from like, you know, Haitian black magic or something, different sort of... Right, different execution of yeah. the magic and the weapons and tools of the... Very, very Materializing blood, that's a, it's a specific yeah. part of like that kind of, I guess, hex. What a... How would you get ever get over that? Blood appearing from nowhere and, and just splashing. being thrown upon you. Yeah, it's and he's like, it's like, ah, don't worry about it, go get cleaned up. It's, it's gotta be traumatizing yeah, enough. Just go to bed, you'll be fine. <laughs> Out of my brain. You guys wanna take a quick break? Yeah, let's do a little break and when we come back we're gonna get into, oh, some dabblings in the sky creatures. Perhaps. Yeah, we had a great write-in from Cutler George. Mm, awesome. After he'd heard our sky creatures Sweet episode. Name. Cutler George. Yeah. That just sounds like a character. Sounds like an old West character out on the plane skinning uh, gophers and stuff. Yes. Skinning gophers. <laughs> That's the number one task that Westerners have. Okay, anyways. Okay. See you guys in a minute. Bye. Bye. Yeah, welcome back to the spooky stories. Back to our June Junoween. Our Junoween. That's got such a ring to it. Yeah, it does not at all. Junoween. <laughs> we hope you're enjoying your our creep testicle. What? <laughs> I meant creep testicle. Oh my god, creep, <laughs> creep testicle. testicle episode. Oh boy. Welcome back to our screepiest of screepy episodes. Oh yeah, I'm I'm pumped for this next one because this is my favorite topic that we've done this season, and we had a, a listener write in a story that seemed to point to uh, these sky creatures 
uh, a sighting of them. If you don't know what sky creatures are, we did a whole episode on it a little, little really bit ago. Really fascinating stuff. Yeah. The idea that there are potentially entities that live in the skies above us, undulating and perhaps feeding on the people below. Right? Atmospheric entities and beings. Yeah. The idea that there's this expansive ocean of air above us and that you have these from time to time, these accounts of people seeing or experiencing uh, giant creatures in the sky. Yeah. What a neat concept. All forms and shapes and sizes. And and yeah, that there's actual evidence in, in report. These are the things that kind of go, uh, they get shuffled out of the of the mainline ufology reports, UFO right. reports, because they don't fit. But yeah. that, those are the interesting ones. And they, oh, what's so neat is that somebody posted on YouTube recently a video of what definitely looks like it could be part of an animal, a giant animal in the sky, hiding in the clouds, almost like antenna coming out uh, when this guy's flying as a passenger on an airplane. Mm-hmm. Uh, amazing. We'll definitely have that in the show notes. Do you want to see it, John? Sure. So this is from the YouTube channel Two Cents 14 Like, I guess his friend had recorded this while on an airplane last year. He saw it on his friend's phone. He's like, I have to post this. I don't think he has like one other video, but I think he just wanted to get this out there because it is so crazy. He wants people to be like, oh, you know, yeah. some sort of explanation. But yeah, here it is, John. And uh, we'll kind of describe it for you guys. This is crazy. And we'll link in the show notes for sure. Okay, so this view is outside the window of this plane, taken March. Very bizarre. Yeah. Looks like a squid. looks like antenna. Like there's something in the clouds and it's, or yeah, or like a squid-like thing. I mean, it is definitely there. Like at least to me, it does not look like uh, special effects. That looks like something that's being recorded. And it doesn't look like smoke or trails from anything. See, that to me mm-hmm. looks like it's about as much special effects as that one video I played for the live cast. But that was light. I feel like light is easier to mm. just overlay on things. This is like physical things in the sky. It does look very long, real. long black antenna with nubs on the end. They no, look it's like, not antenna because it's mean, hanging they, below. Hanging below what? Well, Chris's perspective is that there's this cloud here right underneath it. And if you imagine like a snail in there or a <laughs> yeah. slug and that these could be the antenna coming out of it, that stretch. Antenna go, is that what like in an octopus, is that what those things are? Antenna? Tentacles? No, those are tentacles. Well, that, those are tentacles. They could be. They're air tentacles. It's subjective. It's definitely there. It's definitely there and very, very large. Antenna. Yeah, they're like yeah, like a snail has. You know what tentacles are. I know, but those are tentacles. (laughs) Tentacles are. Well, it depends on how you look at it. What do you mean? I'm saying there's something in the clouds, and the antenna are peeking out, but the giant creature is still in the cloud. At least it could be seen that way. But those are more like tentacles. Okay. Anyway, let's move on. You guys judge for yourselves. Yeah, we'll have a slide. It is pretty strange. Definitely very large. I mean, think about this. It looks like it's evaporating though. It does, I mean, it looks really weird, and it's just the at the end is my only question because it looks like it's dissipating right there. It doesn't to me. It looks like it's getting farther away, but it doesn't look like it's. Look, it doesn't have the two things. Well, you're anymore. also seeing it lined up. Yeah, with I know, itself. but that means those things would have to be perfectly in line. Yeah, which they would be if you're streaming something behind you and you're traveling. You're going to be in line. My question is, why would they stop filming? Yeah, I guess unless it like had passed the. Yeah. Anyway, check it out. It is definitely a fascinating video. It could be a natural phenomenon. Believe what you want. When it comes to sky creature videos, it's the best that I've seen, I think. Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just a badass video, yeah. frankly. Let's get to our own sky creature story. This comes from Cutler George. Yes, yes, yes. At Lake Mojave. Hi. I'm out of Northwest Arizona. I just listened to your podcast episode about sky creatures and how it could possibly be an explanation to some UFO sightings. It reminded me of something I saw about eight years ago. I used to frequent Lake Mojave often at night to get away from the world and have some time to think, when one night I saw almost exactly what you guys described. I haven't told anyone about it, 
Sitting on a high dune at the water's edge, I saw three incredibly bright lights from far over the lake, roughly a mile or so away. They were in a pattern like a plane, one up front and two behind. Instinctively, I thought it was that, a plane, just oddly bright, until I noticed it rapidly descended out of sight behind a hill from the cove I was in. That caught my attention. A few seconds later, the lights rapidly rose, this time much closer and brighter. I started to think I was losing it. No plane would do this above a lake at night. This happened a couple more times until they flew right over me. These dish-shaped lights were crazy bright and huge. Granted, I had no reference. I would estimate around 30 or 40 feet in diameter, and they were separated. Another bit that threw me off was not hearing anything. Dead silent as they went overhead, and then gone as they went past the mountain behind me. They were moving super fast as well. Yeah, so that description reminds me so much of, do you remember the stories in the Sky Creature episodes about these things? There were like two separate stories from different decades oh, that yeah. corroborated each other about this basically cloud-like thing that would come down and drink out of the lake mm-hmm. and then go back up, dive again and drink. It sounds almost like exactly what's going on here, um, except at night. And the other stories we had were about how these things are luminous. So they would look like UFOs, and it explains the silence. If they're living creatures, they're not going to need propulsion in the way that, you know, if they're floating or somewhat ethereal. Right. uh, And they're luminous and glowing. So maybe these aren't machines. Maybe these are living creatures. And I thought that was a really good write-in. Sky jellyfish. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it does sound like kind of a traditional UFO sighting, except the fact that, you know, when you have these things that are, they move in this kind of organic fashion that, that just seem like they have... A consciousness and a lighting. It doesn't. There's nothing mechanical about it. Right. It could definitely be. For sure, it could be. You know, USOs as in craft. Um, but I love the concept because there's nothing really to explain that away. The concept that some of these sightings could be living creatures, and it would explain a lot of the unexplainable phenomena if they were uh, machine craft. Uh, so I love this topic. The sky creature is definitely one of my favorite topics. So thank you for that story, Cutler George. Yes, thank you. Good story. All right. Well, the next story we have is from a friend of ours and a local listener. Yeah. This comes from Kaylee. Thank you for this, Kaylee. And she oh, sent it in she hand wrote a letter, right? Yeah. So I have... Uh, she also ordered us a Domino's pizza on her first uh, that was awesome. live hangout. Cool. Don't, don't ever hesitate to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> I always love a good pie. All right. So we're going to give Kaylee's spooky story a go, right? Yes. Buckle up. It's going to get spooky. Here we go. My father, along with his two brothers, moved into an old farmhouse in the early to mid-1970s. Their parents, my grandparents, found the house through a family member who was in real estate at that time. It was disclosed that the previous owners had not lived there long, and that the wife claimed she had first-hand contact with an apparition of a woman, presumably the first lady of the home, Miss Swain, the original owner. My grandmother was intrigued and had no issue with the reports, as she had already fallen in love with the house. The house was built in approximately 1901 to 1908. I was told when the home was purchased by my family, the walls were infested with bees' nests, and the carpets were padded underneath with horsehair. That's interesting. This is a pretty modest farmhouse, no elaborate woodwork or fireplaces, although it does have its charm with huge solid wood sliding pocket doors that all have their own key too. Shortly after moving in, my grandfather began minor renovations. I know they ripped up the carpets. The house is three stories plus a basement. The floors are concrete and natural stone. There is also, and this part's interesting, I think, 
there is also a natural spring running under the property. My grandfather decided to make a wraparound porch to complement the overall appearance of the old, beautiful farmhouse. It was around 1977 when the grounds were being dug out around the house to lay the footers and level the ground for the porch. After some time digging with machines, it was called to a halt. A box was unearthed. My grandfather called for mom to come out and take a look. She and my father looked down into the ground at this box. It was roughly three feet by five feet. Pretty big, I don't like that. My grandmother handed my father a crowbar and climbed down into the ground. I was told by my grandmother herself that something came over her. She yelled down to my father, no, stop, do not open that. He climbed back out and they buried it back. Weird. Yeah. That's creepy, It man. is creepy. That sounds like a little coffin. Gives oh. me the screeps. Gives me the screepies, man. Would you, I would always be like, what is in that? As I lived in the house, I'd be like, what is down yeah, below us? Yeah, that would always be a question. Sitting, imagine sitting on the porch knowing that there's like a human-sized box under you. Yeah. I wonder if there's like a debate at all. Because yeah, you're thinking like, is it treasure? Is it a, a cursed grave? You know? Yeah. Either. I could see a debate going on. So this leads us into the interesting occurrences that start happening. In the years following, there had been a lot of activity. Reports from all three brothers hearing footsteps on the second floor up and down the hallways, just outside of their bedrooms. My grandfather also stated to me, as recently as in the past 10 years, he has heard a man's voice saying, in his ear, while coming down the stairs from the second floor. There was an ongoing joke that Gus was causing trouble They named the spirit Gus. During countless phone calls with my grandmother throughout 20 years, sometimes another frequency would interfere with her landline. I've heard it myself, a man's voice. My great aunt, her sister has heard it too, as they spoke over the phone almost every day. My mother recounts the time she stayed the night in this house. She stayed in the upstairs bedroom. She said she could feel someone or something watching her as she was trying to fall asleep. Sounds like that other story. She never stayed there again after that. I, however, grew up there. My mother was young and inexperienced, so my grandparents had me all the time. I even had my own bedroom there, on the second floor, to which I've never slept in. To this day in 2020, the mattress in my room has never been slept on. In 2006, I went there to get some Christmas decorations per my grandmother's request. They had stopped decorating for the holidays and I was happy to get a few items for my own home that were special to me. It was winter, November something. She called and said, Pop-Pop brought down the Christmas box. It's in the front room, take what you want. I'll be closing the door to my bedroom. I'm not feeling well. The daylight was scarce, so I raced up 21 to Hametown Road. I walked in through the kitchen, opened the giant wood door to the living room, and saw the big old cardboard TV box that housed all the Christmas decor. I knew I had maybe 30 minutes before the room would be too dark for me to see. The light at that time had stopped working in the room, so they had the curtains drawn to use what was left of the dimming light. I was maybe two scoops into the box, bending down, rummaging and then placing what I liked onto the couch. On the third bend, look, scoop, and stand up from the box, I heard in a crisp whisper. In my right ear, I was frozen. I could have sworn I felt the breath hit the side of my face, as if someone really was speaking to me up close. 
I just remember turning, placing the items that were in my hands onto the couch and walking straight out of there to my car. The next morning, my grandmother called me. Honey, why didn't you take anything? I proceeded to tell her the same thing I've just told you now. She laughed. Oh, that fucking asshole, Gus. (laughs) (laughs) She then became angry that Gus had scared me and I had not got the Christmas decor. Ha ha. (laughs) Thank you, Kaylee. That was well written. Yeah, it felt like you were there, you know, in that moment. I wonder if Gus is still there. Another one of these thousands of haunted homes around our country. Where? So where is this home exactly? Off Hamtown Road? Oh, I guess it is. Yeah, you're right. I was thinking it was her house. That's near our new studio. Yeah, apartment. You're right. It is on the way there. Um, It's a creepy area. Does their family still own it? I think so. I'm pretty sure. Go in there and get some tapings. I wonder if Gus is still there. Yeah. Gustafer? Gustafer, his full name. Thanks for writing that, Kaylee. I know yeah. it took some time to actually write that out physically. Yeah, so well written. And now add it to I the... I could f- feel the emotion through the penmanship. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. definitely. You could tell it was something very close to her. And now added to the Bleeful Archive. That's right. Won't be forever accessible. Which, by the way, we, we are going to be adding an official written archive on our website. So stay tuned for that. Well, that wraps up the written stories for today. We got some actual voice, voice talkies. So yeah, we got a couple speak pipes that came in. And I think we're going to make that longer down the road because 90 seconds longer longer duration for people to record because 90 seconds people have been writing and saying they would have left a message but yeah it's like a limit to 90 seconds so expand that at some point right we got two speak pipes uh quick little bits and then we have a longer story from Corey. oh yeah our interview of Corey. yeah that was great um yeah so we're gonna get to these yeah as far as the speak pipes go you guys you can you can record your own speak pipes on our website. Right now, it's limited to 90 seconds, but you can record multiple, or you can record an audio file on your phone and email it to us at any length. brothers at beliefhole.com. Yeah, any length. All right, so that's where these come from. So the first one's going to be from Jeremy, which is my name. So, hello, Radio 5. Oh, yeah, he's, okay, well, we can just play the clip, right? Yeah. It's about the Alabama white thang. Let's do it. Mysterious cryptid down south. Here we go. What's up, guys? Uh, name's Jeremy from Alabama. Uh, I was going to leave you a little story about something called the white thing, the Alabama white thing, uh, thing with an A, because we think we're funny. So yeah, my uh, brother had seen some kind of white ape, werewolf-looking thing. Um, he couldn't really see it very well because it was very quick. He was looking out the window and said that he saw something run from one end of the tree line to the next. And halfway through, it had stood up on its hind legs and walked the rest of the way. And um, couldn't see its front, so he just said it was a big white ape-looking thing. But he also said it had the legs how you would, I guess, think of a werewolf. And then years later, um, this is before the internet, so years later, I had actually looked online and seen that multiple people in a broad area had seen the exact same thing. And then my wife said that her uncle told her the same story when she was younger about this white thing that that he had seen. So anyway, just uh, thought maybe y'all would find that interesting. Thanks. Yeah, thank yeah. you for that. I hadn't heard of this, but apparently it is. Uh, there's been a lot of sightings of this white thing. It's rampant in, in the area. In, uh, so in Alabama, uh, there's a triangle. It's, all, it's always triangles. There's a triangle, a geographic triangle of uh, the area between Morgan, Etowah, and Jefferson counties, and it's appeared in Walnut Grove, Moody's Chapel, Happy Hollow, and Wheeler Wildlife Refuge, just to name a few. Now, yeah, the reports vary wildly with this thing. 
Kind of looks like me. I've got picture. an image here. This looks like <laughs> looks like this a, looks like a kind of looks like a Tinder pick or something. Yeah, he's just like <laughs> hanging out. He's this is the version of the kind of humanoid Bigfoot style white thing that they got that uh, some people see. But yeah, look at his, his posture, very, like clean nipples for all that <laughs> body know, hair. I think point. it looks how they did it. It looks like a Photoshop job where they like layered hair over top of a real person. I'm yeah, guessing. That, that's yeah, yeah. Either yeah. way, it looks very unsettling. Does it kind of look like the guy who played the new Pennywise a little bit? In the oh, face? Um, oh, what's his name? He's from that great Nordic family. Is he a Skarsgård? Jeffrey Landersnoof. He's not a Skarsgård. Yeah, yeah. Skarsgård. Oh, he is? Yeah. Um, but doesn't that kind of look like him a little bit? Anyways, we'll have this picture in the show notes. But yeah, the description's very wildly. You also have, apparently there's a like a kangaroo feature, some people, because it bounds. It leaps really right. fast. Ooh. Small front feet. You guys haven't seen it, chapter two, you should watch it too. Yeah, we did talk about that on the live stream, right? Oh, oh yeah, on the live stream. It's real, real good. But another interesting one, yeah, the wolf like. So he said that his buddy or his brother had heard or saw the the version that was like with the wolf legs. Yeah, yeah. Right? And there's like this werewolf kind of version too of the white thing. They're all white though. Whether mm-hmm. it's a white kangaroo with a cat head. Actually, I saw one that's a, a woman. Uh, it's like a wolf body with a woman's head. That's an older <laughs> description of everything down it's there. All, it's all white. There's just, maybe there's multiple white creature creatures down there. It's very bizarre. Red glowing eyes. But in the expansion, we're going to actually uh, report some uh, accounts from the, uh, there's a White Thing Facebook page where people have reported their oh, stories. Wow. So we'll get into oh, some wow. of those kind of bizarre stories. Some pretty freaky. Um, awesome. But, but that'll be in the expansion for the upcoming Fantastical Beasts, Mysterious Cryptids, the stranger tales of those kinds of things. Sweet. But yeah, thank you for that, Jeremy. Thanks for tipping us off to that. We also will link in the show notes. There's a really good documentary from the Spectral Wolf Pack on the, the white thing. That's a cool name, too. It's kind of one of the, the better documentaries out there on it, so we'll link to that. Yeah, what's, cool. ne- what's next, Chris? We got another speak pipe? Yeah, next speak pipe is from Justin. Justin. Roll it. I have a scary story to share with you guys. My wife's cousin and her husband, we'll call them Amanda and Josh, live about five minutes away from me in a rental house. Every so often, she and Josh hear the sound of a child crying at the top of the stairs. Their own kids will be somewhere else in the house or in the backyard, and they will hear this crying and no one is upstairs. Her mom has heard it too and was confused because the kids were outside, and Amanda just replies, oh, this is just the house ghost. Also, there was one morning when they heard the crying while they were in bed, and Josh got up to check on it, and there was this perfect imprint of a child's hand on his chest. They still live there, but they'll be moving soon. I bet. I've been to the house myself and haven't witnessed anything, but this has been corroborated by multiple other family members. Yuck. No, thank you. Yeah. Children's crying at night. That's even worse than screaming. Yeah. I think. Just distant, soft sadness. Yeah. Equally parts creepy and sad. Yeah. I I reached out to him to see if he had any more information and it's a new home. You know, it's a, a group of townhouses, I think, and they were built recently. But as far as anything bad happening in that place, didn't have any information on that. But but she's Amanda's the lady, right? The woman, the girl. Yeah, the so wife. The wife. She still lives there. And didn't he say that they're like a lot of the family is devout Catholic? But she's he's not sure why she hasn't had it blessed. Right. Yet. Right. Yeah. Maybe get it blessed, Amanda. Or and hasn't moved <laughs> out. Yeah, I'd be. Couldn't hurt. Oh, that reminds me that our new uh, space that we have. Remember I told you? Oh, oh yeah, so, yeah. so there's that twilight zone, right? The twilight space between waking and dreaming. Mm-hmm. Was there the other night. And right as I was, oh, this was creepy. Why'd you tell me this? I was drifting off, and Chris was sitting in the chair just a little bit away from me, and I was laying on the couch. This building, by the way, was built in like 1885 or something. Right. In our live stream, we talked about the little girl footprints that we found on the carpet. Like yeah. they just appeared there after you having a creepy feeling the night before. Right. I'm we, still skeptical about them. They're still there. Yeah. Well, we just didn't notice them until that next day, which was just odd. But, anyways, I was drifting off to sleep, and then in my peripheral, I see like a seven foot tall man in like a black suit with tails 
You said he had a cummerbund too. He had like a cummerbund, so and he just—he's kind—he of, was kind of like penguin shaped, like you know the penguin from Batman, just mm-hmm. large, kind of awkward man. And he just kind of strolled between me and Chris for like a couple seconds. It was, but it was in that. This was a dream. It was in that you know that uh, point between yeah. waking and sleep where you you can sometimes actually see your surroundings. Do you ever have that? I mean, when your eyes are closed. When your eyes are closed. Yeah, I it's think almost so. like a vision of where you are that you get temporarily. Anyways, yeah. So I'm sitting next to Jeremy's on the couch. I'm sitting in a chair. Um, and he has this, I guess, waking dream of this man in old timey outfit, just walking in between us. Nothing else abnormal it's about just, this vision. Just strolling through. Yeah. Which has just freaked me out because the scenario that this took place in was exactly the scenario where yeah. we were in at the moment. And then I was strange. like, good night, Chris. I'll leave you yeah, awake to like, enjoy Fantastic. <laughs> as I research for creepy stories. And get tapped. Yeah. That was, that was that spooky. That's pretty creepy. Maybe we should get that place blessed. We should do some ghost recordings there. See yeah. if we can get someone to talk. I don't really want anyone to talk. Use that. <laughs> I'd rather report on it. You know that one thing? I, I don't know if I really ever talked to you guys about that, but remember that little scanner thing? Yeah. Or no, not the scanner thing, but it's like... Uh, the ghost box? The ghost box that just says words. Yeah. yeah. Remember I had that really kind of creepy experience? We played on the show, or we talked about on the show that one episode. That whole thing with Jake took place... I never Did I ever connect those two things? No. Was that a similar time period? Yeah. When Jake was, like, was getting tugged it was, and Yeah, pulled? it was like, like a week later. I talking about the whistler. Yeah, the whistler <gasps> and the pincher. That's what it, why it sounded so familiar when this oh, with this upcoming story that you're with Corey. That's why it sounded familiar. Whistling, because Corey oh, really? hears whistling in his in the house. Right, the upcoming story. <laughs> wow, I totally forgot that connection. Awesome. But yeah, that's weird. Remember, it even worked downstairs when it was like brothers laugh, yeah, talk yeah. or something. Right, we got there it was the first time using yeah. it. It was like I, I did feel like when I used it, like it brought. Something. something like you know something started to try to communicate more but not yeah. a good thing that so said a lot be careful when you do it at your house that's a weird synchronicity i think it's kind of like using a ouija board yeah anytime like, you try to communicate it it brings up the energy no well, matter it what makes it sense is. if you think about right. it like if you reach out to try to communicate and you're not sure who you're trying to contact it makes sense that you know some if there are things out there that are that want to communicate with you you're giving them the invitation well, it's you know, so, so we, you can't be surprised when weird shit starts it's happening. It's so synchronistic because you were you asked me to look into like, is there something like a, a whistling entity or something yeah. you need to research because of Corey's story? But what I found in the cultures is that whistling in the home is an invite. A lot of mm. a lot of traditions say you should not whistle inside the home because it's an invite to spirits. Mm. So, John, Whoa. maybe maybe your whistling spirit was calling other friends. That's, that's <laughs> pretty over here. Not likely, but <laughs> but knows. possible. Never say never, but plausible. Let's take a break. Sounds good. Yeah, so before we go to break, guys, we're going to play this uh, little preview of the expansion episode, which is going to be a deep dive into the crazier, weirder... Good stuff. Yeah, weirder creatures out there, stories of weirder creatures, a little bit of folklore twisted in with some potential real... Extreme cryptids. Extreme, yeah, cryptids out there. So get ready to get into the fearsome creatures of the Lumberwoods. We're going to dig deep in the hole on that one. Cool. Looking forward to it. We'll be right back. Belieful expansion episode preview. Access granted. So next on our list, this one I was really excited about because I saw pictures online. Or drawings, I should say. No photographic evidence of this next creature, and you'll see why. Because it sounds ridiculous, but it sounds awesome at the same time. This is called the Slide Rock Bolter. Chris, do you want to read this guy? This sounds sure. like a job for you. So we've we've seen sky whales. We've talked about sky whales and sky creatures. 
This is a mountain whale. This thing, uh, I want it to be real, but I don't, can't imagine. In the mountains of Colorado, where in summer the woods are becoming infested with tourists, much uneasiness has been caused by the presence of the slide rock bolter. Now keep in mind, this is all written in the early 1900s. This frightful animal lives only in the steepest mountain country where the slopes are greater than 45 degrees. It has an immense head with small eyes and a mouth somewhat in the order of a sculpin. This looks insane. Running back beyond its ears. The tail consists of a divided flipper with enormous grab hooks, Ooh. which it fastens over the crest of the mountain or ridge, often remaining there motionless for days at a time, watching the gulch for tourists or any other hapless creature that may enter it. At the right moment, after sighting a tourist, it will lift its tail. It's very anti-tourist. Thus loosening its hold on the mountain and with its small eyes riveted on the poor unfortunate and drooling thin skid grease from the corners of its mouth, which greatly accelerates its speed. So it greases itself, its body up with its own mouth goo. Mm -hmm. Awesome, I wanna do that. It is logical. <laughs> uh, skid grease. Okay. We should sell skid grease as a product from the belief hole. <laughs> Chris's from our personal mouth. skid grease. <laughs> it's mouth goo. Okay. Uh, from the corners of its mouth, which greatly accelerates its speed, the bolter comes down like a toboggan, scooping in its victim as it goes. Its own impetus carrying it up the next slope, where it again slaps its tail over the ridge and waits. And we are back. All right. Great Welcome. <laughs> the clown is in you today, John. <laughs> oh, that's what it is. The spirit of Wrinkles the Clown has infested yeah. John. That's why you're singing like an old 1920s stage performer. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely have to have some creepy clown circusy music in here. Before we get into Corey's, I just want to mention about Kaylee's story. There's an interesting connection there because she said that the house was built over a natural spring. There's so many stories and a lot of research. We should do a deeper dive on this yeah, eventually. Water. Mm -hmm. Water I being sort of I remember watching Small Town Monsters project that I had worked on and they talked a lot about that, how like mm -hmm. a lot of these, a lot of the activity is always by like moving bodies of water. Yeah, and, yeah. there's an energy there. Right. There is a scientifically, I forget what it's called, but it's uh, the ions from the water, especially like Niagara Falls it's and stuff. It's water plasma theory. Is that really? No. Oh, that sounded real. Uh, but there's this ionic effect where um, something about the way the ions move off the water, like Niagara Falls, it's a really euphoric feeling, this high energy mm -hmm. feeling. And that's why they think a lot of people will just fall oh, interesting. into yeah, the water that. And, like, yeah. and die because of like Niagara Falls, especially there's so much coming off that it can actually affect your- Like hypnotize you Imagine falling into that body of water. Oh my gosh. Halfway just, down realizing. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So it's interesting because you talk about it as sort of like a magnet, maybe, mm -hmm. or allowing energy to be captured. And that's why it might be an attraction. But I always thought of it as like water being a potential doorway, like a membrane between mm -hmm. this realm and the There's next a realm. Like a stargate. Yeah. yeah a stargate like for spirits. Ethereal, watery stargate membrane. Yeah. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of people have this idea that, uh, but yeah, these, a lot of these weird entities and things are seen in like swampy lowlands and in murky, watery places because there's this idea. And I think there's some Native American beliefs too, traditions that that is that the water is a gateway to the, yeah. next, to the next world, the submerged reality. Yeah, in our Barricading the Boogeyman and Spiritual Architecture episode, we talked about the uh, connection with water and Native American lore right. and sort of being either a barrier or an entranceway. 
So yeah, and this comes up a lot in haunted house stories around the country, around the world, when there is a water source that is nearby, especially when it's built over something like a natural spring or an old creek bed. So you're saying Gus is real and he's thirsty. Possibly. And he's thirsty. Gustafur for souls. Hopefully not. All right. Well, okay. So our next submission is Corey, right? And yes. Our, this our is final our final story of the final day. Final story of the day. Yes, sir. We had a good interview with Corey. We appreciate him coming on and kind of... Uh, clearing his chest a little bit about all these experiences he's had. All right, here we go. So, yeah, I am, I'm 34 years old from Michigan. Been married for 10 years, have two kids. It started in December 2018. I came home from work, couldn't open the garage door. So I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to have to fix the garage door. It's Friday. I just want to drink some beer. <laughs> but I go around to the front door. The window is just caked in smoke. I hear my smoke alarms going off. So I freak out, kick in the front door. Smoke pours out. So I give it a minute. I run back in, save the cat. I saw him run downstairs. As I'm like getting the cat, there's just fire everywhere. So my dog was upstairs. I knew he was up there. I kept calling his name, kept calling his name, and nothing. So I came back out. I called 911, called my wife, and then, long story short, you know, about an hour later, there was three fire trucks. Everyone in the neighborhood was there. They took our dog out about 20 minutes after the firefighter showed up, gave him CPR, and, you know, he was, he was gone. I'm glad no one was home. Like, I'm glad my, my kids didn't have to see that. So they put us up in a hotel for a little bit, and then we went to these condos, which actually I installed all the closet shelving in all these condos. And the funny thing is I hated that place. I hated going there because it sucked. Like, <laughs> there were so many people there, and, like, everyone was always in my way. And I'm like, man, I hate this place. And now, like, we had to live there. So, and it's, it's winter time, you know, in the Midwest, you know, it was a shitty winter and we didn't really do anything. We tried to get out and do stuff. So I put on kind of a, like a fake to my kids. Like I was, I was totally fine. I was the same dad, but like inside I was just broken. It sucked. It was a, we were, me and my wife were both in a very like deep, dark hole. I felt like, and it just, it sucked. Everything about it sucked. I hated going there. I hated everything about it. You could feel it going into this place. It was just like, you know, I don't want to be here anymore. When I was a kid, I grew up Christian. And so along the way through this process, I felt like I kind of lost my faith. You know, a lot of nights where we were crying and it, um, it was tough for all of us. My kids, you know, didn't understand why we couldn't go back home. So I feel like when the demons start happening, we would be sleeping at night and we would hear footsteps. It was all hardwood floor, and our kids sometimes would come into our bed at night, so I'd hear their footsteps. I could tell you the difference between the footsteps of my kids and whatever this thing was. My kids were you know, very just, you know, quick, little pitter-patter. You know, they're eight and five, and this was, it was like a man's footstep. It was like hard, and it was slow, like one, two, one, two. My wife would hear it too, and then like the kids wouldn't come in. I didn't think anything of it. And you know, it would go on, and then like the next night, my kids would come into bed, and I would hear their footsteps and like, totally tell the difference. 
And when I was there alone a lot, it, it was like just that weird feeling that someone was just there in there with me. And like I said before, I didn't believe I like I, I had never heard of shadow people or any of that shit. Uh, obviously, I've heard of ghosts, but like I didn't know if I believe it. And now it's it's a lot easier to believe. So the footsteps turn into these horrible nightmares that I would have. I remember the first time where I had this nightmare where I feel like this thing kind of came into my like dream realm. And it was like a light behind my bed, like a, almost like a flashlight and like just a silhouette of a man walking towards my side of the bed. And I, I woke up screaming and my wife said, what's happening? I was like, there's someone behind our bed. She's like, oh, you're drunk. Go back to sleep. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so uh, these nightmares just kept happening. It, it wasn't every night, but it was every couple of nights. I would have these dreams. They'd always be different, but it would always be this thing just staring at me <laughs> right by my face. This was in my dream. And now, like, think back, I don't know if, if I was awake and I saw this or it was in my dream. I'd wake up and it would, it, I'd be scared. But when this thing finally came to form, I, I was in my shower, I got out, got dressed, getting ready for work, and I go into our bedroom, and I turn the corner, and it was this six to seven foot, just blob, like black mist. But like it, it didn't have like a human form. You couldn't tell if there was arms, you couldn't tell if there was legs. It was just like a blob, but it was moving. I could see through it. It was the freakiest freaking thing I've ever seen. I've, I've never been so scared in my life. I was just frozen. I didn't know. I didn't know what to do. My wife's still sleeping. I'm like freak out, start screaming. But I was just paralyzed. I couldn't do a freaking thing. And maybe four to five seconds staring at the thing, and the thing, and then it just melted like into the carpet. It was terrifying. And then I, I, I thought to myself, like, who am I going to tell? Everyone's going to think I'm going crazy. Like, I'm going to have to go see a psychiatrist or something. Like, <laughs> I ended up telling my wife a couple weeks later, and she's like, I don't, I don't know about all that. That was the last time that I actually saw the thing. The nightmares still happened, but they were kind of going away at that point because our house was getting rebuilt at that point. And, you know, I was getting back into this, I feel like, this better mood. Like I was getting out of this funk, I was out of this depression. So she was packing up. Her uncle had passed away and we were going to move back into our home. It was rebuilt and she was packing up all the stuff in the condo. She's like, just watch the kids. We were back into our house. And I thought, I'm going to go pack up the rest of the stuff in the condo. And when she was packing the stuff up, she's like, I heard this whistle. It was like a very, just like a, you know, like a do 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 whistle. And... Weird. Yeah, and the condo didn't share walls with anyone. So I was like, it can't be the neighbors. So she heard this coming from like the back corner of the house where our room was. And she's like, okay. She thought it was me. Like, oh, Corey, there. And then she got back up to the kitchen area and she said, I shit you not. I heard the whistle in another bedroom. Oh, Whoa. oh wow. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And she's like, I just felt... I was, I was terrified. She goes, I, it, it just, this feeling came over her where she's like, I'm, I'm out of here. Grabbed all the stuff, threw it in the van and left. 
and she came back and I mean, she was like visibly shaken from it. It was, I've never seen her scared like that ever in my life. And actually I Googled that and uh, like, there's like this huge Reddit thread about whistling entities. I was like, wow, like this stuff is real. You know, I, I don't think it was a ghost. I don't, I don't know if it was a demon, but like doing all the shadow people research when I was looking online, I'm like, this has got to be it. If people all around the world are seeing them, is it was nuts. Like I never had the experience like that, and I never had one since. So, have you heard anything about this specific complex? I mean, you said you worked there a little bit doing installation stuff. Did you ever hear anything about the place or anything like that? Nope. So they're brand new. When I did the closet shelving and all of them, it was they were brand new build. I know okay. it's it's on a old. It's on a Indian burial ground. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's on it's on farmland. You know, the farmer sold it to the developers. So I'm like, oh, maybe there was an Indian bear. <laughs> like, I don't want the swatch anymore. Nothing grows You're here. A battle of some sort. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that definitely. I mean, that goes back into the idea that it doesn't necessarily like the idea of hauntings. That traditional idea, like, oh, someone died, someone's upset, someone has unfinished business. Obviously, there's cases like your case where it might be a newer construction. You know, like our house we were growing up. That was you know built right before we moved in and weird things occurred there. No rhyme or reason as far as at least, you know, known deaths or, or unfortunate accidents mm-hmm. or anything like that. But yeah, that goes back to the idea, and like you said, that feeling of darkness from what you've experienced and, you know, being like a beacon in this astral plane of, you know, that guy looks tasty. Potentially, yes. Any uh, any dreams about your dog? Any? Yeah, actually, yeah, I, I do a lot when we're back in the house. Um, well, we have a new dog now. And he barks at the weirdest nothing. Like he'll just bark at nothing. And my wife's like, he sees Gunner. He sees, you know. <laughs> Jealous ghost dog. Well, we're glad you're okay. Yeah. Yeah, we're happy you're back in your new place. We want to really thank you for uh, sharing your story with us. Honestly, like I love your guys' podcast. I'm a fanboy for a little bit. Like you guys, like I try to listen to <laughs> And I'm like, they try to be funny. And I'm like, you guys, you guys suck. You're not Chris, John or Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you tell them. So, yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, man. Really appreciate it. Well, hey, man, if we're up your way sometime, uh, we'll definitely have to maybe hit you up, maybe get a beer or something. Definitely, man. Yes. Anytime. Anytime. Yep. You guys are up. Awesome. Awesome, Corey. Thanks so much, man. Yeah. Good talking to you, brother. Thank you, guys. Yep. Have a good day. Yeah. Take you care, too, buddy. Corey. Bye. Yeah, thank you for that, Corey. Yeah, this is a good interview. Yeah. Definitely a dark uh, experience. Tragic. Seems like it leads into these situations a lot. Or you, know, you have a tragic event and then suddenly activity. Again, back to the energy. Yeah. Back mm-hmm. to feeding off of the lower vibrations. Right. Yeah, was that, I'm trying to remember that was mentioned in there, the, uh, I remember from the full interview where he had talked about how, just how low he was feeling right. going back Even to that said, place. Even said like he used to be a Christian and then he like lost his faith. Yeah, he did mention and, that in there. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, when you're, yeah, you have like a strong sense of like afterlife or something, you know, it's probably harder to, to yeah. mess with you. But if you, you know, get in one of those spaces in life where you're, you're just lost, get, right? Yeah. And just like, there's no meaning to life. Like it, I think it'd be much easier to mess with people like that. Which sucks because that's like the worst time to have something yeah, attach exactly. itself and try it's to like kick mess you with you down. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They're going for yeah. the wounded prey, Yep. you know? But yeah, thank you so much for that, Corey. That was really yeah. heartfelt. Yeah, he's back in the place. They, they, I think they re-renovated it, and the community really pitched in. The, all the Christmas the houses presents were down, purchased for the kids. Yeah, from he the community. seems like he's in a good place now. Yeah, got a new dog out of that creepy haunted shadow Sad. person apartment complex. Yeah. 
But yeah, well, thank you for that, Corey. That was awesome. Good way to end this episode today. Definitely. Um, if you guys want to support the show, hit the like button, share it with your friends, and uh, head on over to Patreon. We've got another awesome episode coming coming over there. Yeah, I'm interested to see what you got for this one, Jer. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun one for sure. And for uh, yeah, thank you to all the new patrons that have signed up since the last episode. If you haven't heard your name, you will in the next episode uh, for our recent signups. And you guys keep the lights on. So uh, those of you who are supporters of the show and our members area, head on over to Patreon for now and uh, check out the expansion episode. Sweet. And otherwise, we will see you guys next time. Yeah, say your prayers, burn some sage, do your meditation. And for the love of God, don't whistle. Good point. <laughs> all right. All see right. you next time. Take care.